Between 2002 and 2012, at least 12 people were murdered in karaoke bars in the Philippines for their performance. These murders occurred in different bars with different people perpetrating each crime. But one factor linked all these incidents together. Each victim was singing the same classic Frank Sinatra song. Attempts to explain this bizarre series of violent incidents vary. Some suggest the frequency of the song being sung in karaoke bars irritated people. Others suggest it was due to off-key performances. And others still chalk it up to the song's triumphalist lyrics, turning the audience against the seemingly self-aggrandizing karaoke singer. If it was truly the lyrics that drove people to murder, then it's possible that many lives would have been saved if the French music publisher behind the Sinatra single had okayed the English version penned by a 21-year-old David Bowie in 1968. It was a common practice in this time for non-English European hits to be bought up by British and American record labels who would have English lyrics written up for an English singer to perform alongside the original composition. The hit that Bowie attempted to anglicize was a song performed by French singer-songwriter Claude Francois, written by Jacques Riveau, with input from Francois and fellow musician Gilles Thibault. Oddly enough, the original draft of the single was in English. Riveau had been on vacation when he remembered that he was contracted to write four songs for producer Norbert Sada, and these songs were overdue. In a single morning, he wrote all four songs, with one in English entitled For Me. This English-language track was shopped around to every popular French singer of the era and eventually wound up with Hervé Villard, who allegedly released it as a B-side, though I cannot find any trace of it. Riveau was dissatisfied with Villard's version and sought out Francois personally, offering to rewrite the song for Francois to record. The singer agreed on the condition that the lyrics deal with the idea of a couple in a strained relationship, as Francois himself had recently broken up with fellow singer France Gall. The deal was made, and the hit French single was recorded and released in 1967. A year later, Bowie writes English lyrics for the song and records a short demo of himself singing over the original track, with Francois's voice still audible in the background. Titled, Even a Fool Learns to Love, the song was rejected by the publisher. Yet another year later, in 1969, Canadian-American singer-songwriter Paul Anka hears the French song while traveling in Paris and buys adaptation, recording, and publishing rights for the song at the low, low price of $1. This bargain was made under the provision that the composers would retain their royalty rights. Anka. Inspired by a dinner he recently had with Frank Sinatra, where the legendary crooner said, quote, I'm quitting the business, I'm sick of it, I'm getting the hell out, end quote, decided that this would be the best time to write a song for Sinatra to sing. Quote, At one o'clock in the morning, I sat down in an old IBM electric typewriter and said, If Frank were writing this, what would he say? I used words I would never use, but that's the way he talked. I used to be around steam rooms with the Rat Pack guys. They like to talk like mob guys, even though they would have been scared of their own shadows, said Anka. When his writing was finished, Anka called Sinatra at five in the morning to let him know that he had, quote, something really special for the singer. Sinatra recorded the song in one take, and it went on to become one of his most successful and iconic hits, reaching number 27 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number two on the Easy Listening charts in the U.S., in the UK, the song peaked at number 5 and spent 75 weeks in the top 40 between 1969 and 1971. While it may be an honor to have your song sung by such a legendary musician and to have it be a huge success, this was not enough for Anka's record label. Quote, When my record company caught wind of it, they were very pissed that I didn't keep it for myself. I said, hey, I can write it, but I'm not the guy to sing it. It was for Frank, no one else, said Anka. Anka's record label may still be moaning about the financial potential the song would have had for them, but for what it's worth, Sinatra wasn't too pleased with the single in the long run. This piece may be known as Sinatra's signature song, but the singer himself couldn't stand it. Quote, He didn't like it. That song stuck and he couldn't get it off his shoe. He always thought the song was self-serving and self-indulgent, said Tina Sinatra, his daughter. So... 
Bowie didn't get his version made. Sinatra lived the rest of his life being known for a song he hated, and at least 12 people died in the Philippines. But hey, at least Paul Anka got his way. That's right, we're talking Jacques Riveau and Claude Francois' Come Dabby Tude, and it's much more famous cover, My Way, written by Paul Anka and performed by Frank Sinatra on Bowie Me. That's right, it's Bowie Me, the only podcast that compares famous Bowie-related songs to their many cover versions to find out which one took all the blows. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my usual co-host... Alex Mildenberger. You see, come dabitude in French means, means as usual. As usual, yeah. It's a language joke for you. Alex, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Gearing up for the... We're just... I mean, we're recording out of order. So yes. this is a little bit pe- peek behind the curtains, but just, you know, getting ready for Christmas here. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, we're way out of order. So Christmas is long past, and it was long a great time, past. and it went well. We're basically nearing the end of Bowie Me as we record this. Yeah, this is like end of January. As, or as people are hearing this. All over the place scheduling wise but that's all right yeah it's all right it's all right that's good you're doing good you're ready for christmas (laughs) just about um just about i should hope so by the time this comes out hopefully you all have gotten ready for christmas yeah absolutely excellent alex we're talking about a big one today we are talking about a big one um my way i mean a lot of big names involved with this obviously it's a fun bowie connection and we've talked about this before a little bit right because yeah the sort of bowie version of my way kind of ended up getting adapted into life on mars um yeah my understanding of to it is some extent i don't really know how though is more so that bowie was a little pissed just that i guess like the closeness in the time interval where he's like i wrote this version and now suddenly a, a different English version goes to Frank Sinatra. So he's like a little upset. He uses the same chord progression and kind of some of the same stylings to basically parody My Way and do his own My Way, which is Life on Mars. Yeah. And uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I guess it doesn't mean that much to this, this song. No, it, yeah, it doesn't. Like, truly, this is. We're a little out of order in talking about this in Bowie Me because there's a very light Bowie connection. Yeah. But I think it's interesting to look at this very early example of David Bowie's writing before he was David Bowie, even. He's just some dude in London at this point, right? Yes. And it's definitely very indicative of like how he approached things, particularly early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get to all that. Yeah. Um, Did you know that this was originally a French song? Only because we talked about it um, when we talked about Life on Mars. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, yeah, that there was a translation, but no, uh, other than that, no. No. Um, I also didn't really realize that Paul Anka wrote the, uh, the, tra- the English version, but I mm-hmm. mean, he wrote a ton of stuff. It's funny, I was just talking about him because I was talking to someone about Jason Bateman. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> recently, and Jason Bateman's uh, wife, mm. Amanda Anka, and I was like, "That's her name." And I saw Anka, and I was like, "Is she? Yeah, she's she's related to, she's Paul Anka's daughter." So oh, Paul Anka's daughter. That's weird. Yeah, J- Jason Bateman is Paul Anka's son-in-law. Son-in-law. So that's fun. A uh, little little trivia for you there, but not that important to the the song itself. No. Um, yeah. Do you? How do you? Uh, do you listen to a lot of this song growing up? 
No, I like knew it because everybody knew it. Right. It's just a song you kind of knew. I think my big connection, the reason this song sits in my head, and of course it's why I opened with it, is the My Way Killings. In, in right. I remember hearing about that over the internet. And like, that's such a strange thing. I guess it almost feels like, well, killing is pretty extreme. Um, but it yeah. really feels like one of those like meme things. Like pineapple on pizza, where people are like, yeah, we're really pissed about this thing that actually doesn't really matter because of, like, someone said it's the worst thing ever, and right. now we, as kind of a joke, but we've taken it too far, agree? Right. Yeah. I see, yeah, I see what you're saying there. But this one, unlike the pineapple on pizza, uh, end, ended with people dying. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's died for pineapple on pizza yet. Yet. Uh, but I'm willing to give my life. Um, <laughs> I'm willing to die on this hill, man. Um, but yeah, for some reason, it just makes me think of that. Because it's like, can you imagine, like, w- killing someone for bad karaoke or for doing yeah, a song you didn't or like? for doing a song, or like, yeah, whatever the, the ultimate logic behind it is. It's crazy. And here's the thing. If you look at My Way Killings on Wikipedia, it has its own page. Right. Um. And there is a section just entitled Karaoke Rage in Other Countries. So this oh. isn't even an exclusive My Way phenomenon. It's just people get pissed about certain songs. This isn't like some apocryphal. I guess it's hard to say. But like, did this really happen? It did happen. Yeah. There, uh, okay. I, my, uh, my partner Greta actually works with a guy from the Philippines. And she asked him this week. She's like, do you know about the My Way killings? He's like, yeah, they were crazy. <laughs> like a lot of bars don't like have it on the list anymore he's like but people will still go up and sing it and the bar gets like so quiet (laughs) (laughs) you're like what the fuck is gonna happen still a sore point that's funny it's crazy so here's some other incidences of karaoke rage Uh, they go all around the world here in august 2007 a karaoke singer in seattle washington was attacked by a woman who wanted him to stop singing cold plays yellow (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair that's fair that's uh, a, and no, yeah, no, uh, no, 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 um, here's a one that's almost wilder than all. What's crazy about the My Way Killings is the like sort of isolated nature. It's like one death per performance. Um, yeah. But here in March 2008, a man was arrested in Thailand for shooting eight people to death, including his brother-in-law. What? And dispute stemming from several karaoke offerings included repeated renditions of John Denver's Take Me Home, Country Roads. <laughs> okay, all right. I guess karaoke, there's often a lot of people drinking, so if someone starts to get annoying, they might get mad, you know, uh, Yeah, more and I guess it's just, it's like a lot more popular in the East as a, as a recreational format than it is right. here in the West, I find. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more karaoke bars and a lot more people participating in that. Um, when I was doing research on the My Way killings, apparently there was another incident from 2018 where like some old guy, and it was like a private birthday party function. The song came on and he like tried to wrestle the other guy for the microphone and the guy ended up getting stabbed and died. And just like, oh my gosh. Wait, because he wanted to sing it? or Yeah, because he, yeah, he was trying to strong arm his way in there and the other oh. guy fought him for a bit and I guess decided he needed to take him out. I guess, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like, well, not the stabbing part, but the like, oh, I wanted to be the one to sing this. Like, that's my karaoke song. That's my karaoke song, yeah. And I also feel like, like, I don't really do karaoke, but only because, I don't know, like, I get nervous. Of course, yeah. You know? So, like, I definitely, if you had, like, a prep song, th- there can be a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. Even though there shouldn't be, you know? Uh, but I feel like there could be. Because so, yeah, it, it is kind of a thing. vulnerable thing to do. 
then mm-hmm. you're like, I have this one prepped thing, and now someone else has taken that, and like now I'll look like a fool or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's I've almost run into that issue a couple times because I listened to a podcast where they talked about like what some of the best karaoke songs to do are. And one of the people on there was a, a karaoke like jockey, like a VJ or, or KJ or whatever they're called. <laughs> KJ, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "These are the ones I do." And since I like, I like, oh, some of these are good. Like uh, "Walking in Memphis," yeah, I think came up. And uh, "Graceland," no, not "Graceland." Uh, you can call me Al. Yeah, I'm like, these are solid ones. And I've had times where the the I like come up there and they're like, I almost did this one, so I'm glad. <laughs> like you're coming up to do it. I'm like, oh, sick, because that's like. <laughs> What a lot of these KJs do is kind of pull from the same list of classics. Yeah, stuff that yeah, you know, radio hits and things that a lot of people know. Yeah, yeah, and like like easy enough to sing, like regardless of your vocal. Condition. Yeah, not like super crazy vocal runs and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Although sometimes, I mean, I I feel like my voice is maybe I don't have a low voice, but I feel like it also doesn't necessarily go very high, mm. so I can struggle with some of that stuff. But I might just not know how to mix. Uh, hey. That might be it, Alex. I don't know. You gotta learn how to mix. Gotta learn how to mix. Me, I took a mixology course back in 20. That's true. You're certified. I'm certified, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. That's that's completely off the beaten yeah, path from but most that of is what the my karaoke, way is about. Um. Connection. That's the karaoke connection. Um. It's all I ever think about with this song. This song sounds older to me than it is. It's a 1969, the English version. Right. And it it's, sounds like 50s to me because it's, it's older style, right? Because it's still mm-hmm. like, I mean, obviously it's Frank Sinatra. It's still like sort of crooner style and uh, Claude Francois. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of like big band jazz influence thing, which would have been more common at the time. And we've mostly phased out of popular music now. Yeah. Um, with that, you know, beyond some like kind of featured or, or novelty type stuff that I can't even think of an example of, but I feel like would happen. Right. Or wouldn't like big, be such a surprise. Big funk bands is like... Yeah, like, I guess that's kind of where it is nowadays. That's kind of where you don't get like big band. You either get orchestras or like the next biggest in line is like a large funk right. band. Unless it's like a specific song. like jazz big band thing. Yeah. Which is not like popular music. <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, So it definitely has that older style. And this is uh, also... I can't remember the exact timelines, but we've talked about Frank Sinatra before and about how like he kind of had a thing and then maybe faded away a bit and then like came back. Yes, he definitely has a comeback. Yeah, and this is like comeback era Sinatra. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What a so song to later. come back with, like musically speaking. Yeah, I don't know what thing. the comeback song was, but this is definitely... It's like solidified it, if nothing else. Yeah, because we talked about Fly Me to the Moon a while back as That's well. That's correct, yeah. Which I think was also like later days. Yeah, I think you're right, because I was also surprised by that, whatever date that one was made. Yeah, because I guess we have this image of like, oh, well, the 60s hit, and now it's rock and roll all of a sudden, yeah, but and, it was and more gradual than that. But uh, Claude Francois, famous yeah. singer, was once right. described by uh, French President Valéry Giscard d'Estaing as being, quote, the French equivalent of the Beatles, meaning yeah. the great talent of a generation. Possibly, oh, it says... Okay, I'm sorry, I was looking at that. It doesn't say when that was said, but he also died fairly young. Oh, yeah, he uh, did, too. From electrocution. He's, That's wild. I looked up, I mean, just in the Wikipedia article, I just looked up the, the story, and he was, like, in a hotel, taking a bath, mm-hmm. noticed that a light fixture was crooked, and went to straighten it without, like, getting out of the bath, and, like, electro- oh, no. he di- and just, like, died. 
I know, like in a bath, which is like rough. Fuck, that yeah. is rough. In Paris, I think. So it's possible it's like older wiring. Right. But, uh, which obviously it would be because it would have been in 78. But yeah, so oh, died fairly young. But yeah, it was a big deal in pop music. Like he has this, obviously. And I was looking mm-hmm. through, at first I thought, oh, he did like the original version of several songs but actually what happened was he did french like the opposite of this he did a french language version of several other pop songs so like there's one he did set anela which like is a french version of uh december 1963 brackets oh what a night um and at first i was like he wrote that song but no he didn't he just yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that rocks i know um so yeah he's done a ton of stuff uh and was a big deal in um in at least french language circles at yeah, least in france performer. he had a nickname clo clo you don't get a nickname yeah. without being super cool he's a pop singer composer songwriter record producer drummer and dancer yeah i wonder what sort of dancing i i am curious about that like that drummer what kind yeah, of drumming drum, like, also drumming um, and singing was he yeah what <laughs> Yeah, so interesting dude. Also, like, born far enough as in the past. He was born in the 30s in mm-hmm. the kingdom of Egypt because he's, like, French enough for that. Damn. So, like, yeah. Yeah, a lot of colonialism going on. Yeah. Truly, like, it's all interesting characters, like, even moving through the covers. Like, naturally, there's a billion covers of this, but I picked yeah. out, I think, some, some big names and some think, fairly good performances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the only thing I'm really upset about is I could not find so this this Hervé Viard character who allegedly released a a B side of the uh, like the original English lyrics of the, like before it was come dabitude when it was for me. I right. cannot find a single trace of this online. Yeah, that's so strange. The way the trajectory there of like written in English, translated, and then <laughs> yeah, just adapted. Not even like translated back. Just completely adapted yeah just completely adapted yeah this song doesn't like have a real version because it is only ever adapted it's never like yeah a solid through line that's yeah very interesting it's also funny that it was my boy and then by some oh no wait that's never mind my boy (laughs) yeah never mind okay is that something else that's something else Okay, okay. Wait, this is the original version of My Way and composed the music. Okay, this is another song he wrote. Sorry. Okay, I'm looking at the okay, wrong okay. thing. Yeah, yeah never yeah, mind. Yeah. All right. Never mind. That'd be crazy if it went from My Boy to My, my Way. My Boy to, <laughs> to Come to Abitude to, to My Way. And it's like, to how did that way. happen? Uh, it didn't happen. That's how it happened. It didn't happen. But we got to get, because we got to talk about like three different sets. Of, yeah, four you're different right. Sets. We got we we gotta gotta so many lyrics here. to talk about. Let's All get right. cooking. Um, Come to Abitude. Come like to Abitude. We, I mentioned in the intro, it's about a couple who's kind of just in a rut. Yeah, it's what, yeah, it's really about that, like going through kind of the motions and being like very passionless, and uh, you sort of get these moments of this person like staring at you know like waking up and like not interacting with the other, and like just going to work and and kind of coming home, being like ah, this isn't what I want. Yeah, they don't really have direct interactions. One of them is always asleep or pretending yeah. to be asleep. And the, the repeated through the lyrics is the, the, the title line, Come to Abitude, as usual. Yeah, like this happens as usual. I sit alone, drink my coffee, as usual. I'm late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't really care about that stuff. But there's also moments where like you can tell uh, they care about their partner, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like sitting on the edge of the bed and like, oh, I don't want them to be cold. So yeah, they pull the sheet up. Pull the sheet up, but like it doesn't really matter. And then they're cold later. And like you can see they like raise their collar. So you kind of have that. Oh, well, we'll talk about it. 
Yeah, let's let's run through these because um, you were using Google Translate, or at least I am. You can let me know, Alex. I know you've looked at two different versions of this. Yeah, I found another like fan translation which is similar, but they changed it. They changed the lyrics a bit. Yeah. Um, I just need to find my thing, but yeah, we can we can get cooking. So here we go. It's uh, according to this. Obviously, this is translation, folks. We don't know the original French that well. I was able to pick out words and be like, oh yeah, that is hair. <laughs> sure is but that's about the extent of my ability here so we're relying on a translation we might miss out on some nuance but yeah. the, i think the general idea translates pretty easily i'm getting up and i push you you don't wake up as per usual on you i pull up the sheet i pull the sheet up on you i'm afraid you're cold as per usual my hand caresses your hair almost in spite of myself as per usual but you turn your back on me as per usual that's kind of the first scene is yeah these fan up. lyrics actually translate as usual to like every day Okay, yeah. And they said they did it for a rhyme, but I don't know what they're trying to rhyme it with. (laughs) They have, like, this whole explanation of, like, I just wanted to rhyme better, and, like, I thought it fit better, and I'm like, okay, but... Up, you, up, day. What rhymes there? Up, day. (laughs) Is there something after day? Well, it's, like, every day, and, like, that's the four lines to the, like, whatever. On you, sheet, freeze, day. Like, it. I don't know, man. Uh, Anyway, um... So, yeah, it's the story. They're telling the story. This is the, like, waking up and and being distant and kind of wishing they weren't and then yeah, having to go kind of like, like, caressing their hair because you still feel for them, but because he says, like, almost in spite of myself, it's like, well, I know the love's kind of dead, but there's still, like, I still do kind of love you, too. It's a little, like, a contradictory position to be in. Yeah. And I almost wonder if, like, the, the caring itself feels... Um feels rote as well right you know? the caring is just a habit it's not even there's not even like heart behind it yeah. anymore so very sad it's a very sad song um so then i get dressed very quickly i leave the room as per usual all alone i drink my coffee i'm late as per usual quietly i leave the house everything is great outside as per usual so that's kind of your next bit um just a quiet like a moment of solitude yeah with the other person like in close by Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh, funny because I feel like you could characterize this sort of interaction kind of either way. Obviously, this is very like cold and distant, mm-hmm. but I do, in my mind at least, have a feeling like just being close together, even though you're not interacting directly, could feel very intimate and positive. Right. You know, like, oh, I'm getting ready. They're sleeping. I'm like, oh, look at the mo-, you know. Yeah, because there could be that, like, well, I've talked to man. I know they're going to sleep for a bit longer. I can enjoy my coffee a bit. Oops, I'm late. Yeah. Because I'm caring so much, but that's okay. I do this all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I know later, well, whatever, you know? Yeah. Even but I think right it's definitely now. colored by the, uh, one, the performance, and two, the, the instruments. Definitely play this to a sadder, mm-hmm. colder tone than, like, a one of being like, ah, oh, this is just casual love. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's interesting because yeah, I think mm-hmm. just like just looking at the like facts of it, it's like pretty neutral. But yeah. then you have to get into the head. It, yeah, space, like in terms whatever. of lines that really color it, you have almost in spite of myself after caressing your hair is yeah. like is probably the only like really really telling one. Yeah, and then the repetition of as per usual, where as it's per like, usual, it just yeah. feels very repetitive and possibly meaningless yeah people don't usually say that for like things they're they're quite happy about <laughs> yeah especially that often yeah come d'habitude. come d'habitude 
Um, everything's gray outside. I'm cold. I raise my collar as per usual, as per usual. All day, I'm going to play pretend as per usual. I'll smile as per usual. I will even laugh as per usual. Finally, I will live as per usual. And then the day will go away. I'll come back as per usual. You will be out and not yet back as per usual. So throughout the day, he pretends things are fine and that the relationship is, it's like it's fine for it to be hollow, basically, and tired. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. Sorry, I'm looking at the fan translation that I yeah. have. Uh, and, and they translate coffee to chocolate. Huh. I don't know why. Like, I drink my chocolate. Okay, I drink it. Like, what is it? The 1930s? Je bois mon café? No, it's café. Yeah, it's café. I don't know why they would (laughs) do that. It's not chocolat. Maybe they don't know French. They're like, I don't drink coffee, so I (laughs) just wanted it to be something I would drink. (laughs) I don't want to promote the use of caffeine. I wanted it to rhyme with day. (laughs) Even though there's caffeine. I know what rhyming is. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to try with with yeah, <laughs> chocolate. Drink my cafe latte, and then doesn't know what lady. French is. Doesn't know what rhyming is. Does this guy know anything? I don't know. Why? I feel How like I looked it up because I was like, I need a translation. It's just kind of not very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I also kind of like, and I'm, I don't know if it's that meaningful, but like you get the the lifting fabric to warm a person up imagery mm-hmm. twice like you get the um, you know i'm on the bed oh, the and, the collar. The sheets, and then because i think you're cold and then i'm outside i lift my collar because um i'm cold i guess the imagery i'm thinking or like the comparison would be now there's something between you and the outside world so it's just separation yeah the image of somebody lifting their collar is kind of like insulating right both literally and like figuratively yeah. you're cutting like you said cutting yourself off so there's a bit of that there's also like he has to raise his own collar he raises the other his 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 lover's sheet but he has to take care of himself right there's no one to do that for him he has to yeah. kind of cover both so yeah maybe that's part of it too is sort of one person doing putting all the work into it and not getting anything out yeah uh, and there is back. like this this loneliness that kind of goes through this section of him like going through his day. I'm gonna smile, I'll laugh, but like it's uh, and then the day's gonna go away. He's just killing time. Like he's <laughs> just trying to get through the day. Yeah, basically, and uh, yeah, separately, separately, separated yeah, and by he, sheets or collars, sheets, collars, and it seems their work schedules because he comes back and and they're not yet back, as usual, as usual, still all alone. Yeah, all alone, I will go to bed in this big cold bed. Again, the cold's coming up. As per usual, I'll hide my tears as per usual, but as usual, even at night, I'm going to play pretend as per usual. You'll return, yes, as usual, I'll wait for you as per usual. You'll smile at me, yes, as usual, as per usual. You will undress yourself as per usual. You'll go to bed as per usual. We'll kiss as per usual, as per usual. We'll pretend, (laughs) yes, as usual. We will make love, yes, as usual. We'll pretend as per usual, as per usual. We'll pretend, yes, as usual. As usual. Yeah, it says uh, "come debutude" a lot right at the. Yeah, he really he really right rips on those at the end. <laughs> Which uh, I guess is cool. I wasn't one hundred percent into that, but I think it makes sense because now it's like after every line, mm-hmm. it really emphasizes that that feeling. Yeah, in the same way that Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire" emphasizes a feeling of of rushing forward by constantly listing things. Uh, Claude Francois <laughs> here emphasizes repetition through repetition. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. It's barely even a metaphor. <laughs> Much like Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, very like he comes back to a cold bed. Uh, he cries for a bit and pretends more. He's like, nighttime doesn't change. I'm still just pretending that things are okay. And yeah, we're, we're going to fuck, but it's, it's all pretty hollow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a sad song. It's a, at least a hollow feeling, at least from one side. Maybe, maybe the other person doesn't know because they're not really saying anything, right? Yeah, no they don't seem to have a lot of time together, and their only time spent together is fucking, so maybe it doesn't come up. Yeah. Yeah, he could be a bad communicator. So, it's clearly a person who's, you know, in a place in life and doesn't know how to fix the problems that they've, that they've surrounded themselves with. Yeah, they're, they're stuck, and they don't know how to get out. And that's what the song's about. Yeah, that really is it. Um, but how do they convey yeah. that with music and sounds, Alex? Do they convey that with music and sounds? Uh, it's a classic. My it's, notes. We got like kind of old school strings on the track. Some some woodwind melody, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of that strings and flute kind of doing the like up. You get this like gentle up down of the flute uh, melody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the strings are mostly kind of on the ambient side, but they, yeah. um, there's a few like runs and things like that. Yeah. And there is, uh, like a, a guitar arpeggio kind of filling some space and some kind of vibraphone too. Yeah. I said marimba, something yeah. like that. Uh, one of those guys, um, that was just a guess. Cause I, I assume if it's like a larger like orchestra kind of, or band, uh, that was, was what they would have. Hmm. And like a really low bass, but that's kind of what you'd expect. Yeah, kind of standard for the era. He's not doing too much. He gets a bit of a groove going later, but... Yeah, it's like, bum, 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 like... Bum, bum, yeah, guy's he's like, really just doing some, like, root fifth. Um, and then you get uh, backup vocals, too. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, exactly. Um, where is it? Um, around like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, only briefly. And then they kind of morph into horns. So actually, once you hit 30 seconds, you get that same melody, but on horns. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, you get it. So you get and then it's like, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that that's like a very gentle part, right? So that's kind of the intro, like the waking up and the like staring longingly section yeah that's a good like cold morning kind of music vibe it's yeah it's got a bit of that to it uh there's another sound because it kind of like cuts down right he says a line mm-hmm. and then it cuts down a bit and you get the like bump 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 i believe it's a harp yeah like a, a harp it's definitely plucked yeah i was thinking probably write a harp i was like kind of strings but yeah yeah uh but i think it's a harp because i think later on you get like more of like sweet a sweep type sound on the harp which you mm-hmm. maybe expect more from a harp um and also some of the other versions of harps in them which i might be a reference Musical right to this I, I could believe that yeah um but then yeah the arrangement kind of builds up you get more strings um yeah they come in a lot stronger on that second verse no 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 you get a bit yeah. of more lower end to them yeah and then the bass starts like bowing right like you get a bow yeah. on the cello or double bass or whatever I think it sounded like that to me, but now it doesn't anymore. Yeah, I'm not hearing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just hearing the pluck plucking. You might Never have caught mind. that like first riff of it, where it's that lower bit that's like dun 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 dun, which sounds like some bowed. Now I've lost that moment. Like 46 seconds. 
Yes. Blah, 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 blah. That's, blah, that's blah, what blah, I was blah, talking blah. about. So yeah. just a little bit of that. Um, but it's pretty early on yet. There's a lot mm-hmm. of song left. Um, and we don't have any harp right now, but I think it comes back later. Pretty sure? Yeah. Uh, you get that same like end of the verse. Come, debutude, bump, 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 bump. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. Um, and of course, I mean, we talked about the lyrics structurally. There's no like chorus. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bunch of lines, and then eventually later they he says, "Come, debutude," uh, a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So it's almost like, you know, your outro kind of chorus rep- repetition, but it's really like a refrain. Yeah. Um, and we do kind of set up the structure for even the My Way versions here, where like the first two verses, relatively quiet, mm-hmm. and then your third verse is your big pickup. Oh, yeah. Huge pickup. Really, there's three levels in this song, and the third level, like, th- this is like as high as it gets, basically. Mm-hmm. And then we get there again later, but it's there's some up and down. There's even some guitar. Uh, in this in this third verse, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, just a little bit, because I mean, it's still not really a style of music where the guitar would take the lead. Yeah, but it's definitely like yeah, it is there. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and then like more drums and stuff. More drum, yeah. The drums really horns. roll us into this, and they're big they're horns. Big. big horns. The bass is grooving here too. It's boom, 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 boom. Oh yeah, boom, you said boom. we actually get like a little groove. And this is the section where where it happens. Bum, bum. It's still pretty like bump bump like four four bump 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 bump. Yeah, bum. I guess it's just picked up the pace though, so it yeah. sounds a little yeah. Because before it was like bump 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 bump. Yeah, <laughs> pretty spaced out, but it's much less mm-hmm. so. You're actually getting like each kind of each beat, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's some really low horns in this part too. Right. Yeah, that boom filling out yeah. the lower end while like. You know, yeah. Claude Francois and the higher brass are almost competing to be loudest. Yeah, um, yeah it's a really big part. Um, and definitely, like, in this, like, it's it's orchestrated, right? Like, it's arranged style. Mm-hmm. And everything yeah. kind of has a place and does its own thing um, in different ways. So, different kind of approach than you might get in, like, a rock and roll type version that we're maybe more useful, used to. Right, yeah, absolutely. Or modern pop. Um, but yeah, you get all those all those different parts. Um, yeah. After that, after that, we come right back down. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, like second verse level. Yeah, energy. Um, yeah, because those strings are there and kind of driving yeah. right and early. Dun, 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 dun. So yeah, quiets down a bit, just for a bit. Um, because by verse five, I don't know if you have anything to say about else to say about verse four. I don't really because it's kind of verse the same. four is kind of filler, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, just, like, I guess it makes sense structurally, but, like, mm-hmm. it's very similar to verse two. And I, I get, <laughs> yeah, you kind of do need it, because you can't just go three to five where it's big, big. Yeah. Um, and then it goes back up to, you know, level three, verse three. Yeah. Um, and then verse six is that as well, but it's also kind of combined with the shouting like every day constantly. Yeah. Or like every day, you know, as you usually. Yeah, come I'm reading, down I'm to reading the fan lyrics. I gotta close this. They suck. <laughs> fucking drinking his He's chocolate. Drinking his chocolate every day. Every day. Um, yeah. So then you get back up there, and then you just like he's just really going all out on the on the same. Yeah, and I, I honestly is this is the section that I think was stuck in my head the most of any version this week. Yeah. 
he just like rips Come and then yeah they do like a big build it's so if you go to about like 315 mm-hmm. you get this big build that then he's just like and we're gonna do it again <laughs> he's like right back into it oh yeah it sounds like an end oh he's not done yet dude he is not done yet he just keeps not done yeah awesome that's that's clo clo yeah it's uh it's bombastic and it being a foreign language and me not you know i i understand the lyrics to read them translated but to hear them besides as usual i don't really know what's going on at any specific moment right so yeah. I can kind of get into it from a disconnected angle because part of me feels like I get that he's like passionate and then it's like, ah, the pain of like, like nothingness is getting right. To he's him. crying out like, why can't I do anything about this? Like, why yeah. can't even like, we can't even talk about it? You know, exactly. So he's 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 hurting. He's hurting. So, yeah. but you said this. This section didn't do it for you that much. Did I say that? I think you, maybe you did. Maybe I just felt like you weren't as enthused as me. No. Oh, maybe. No, I, I mean, I thought it was cool. At first, I thought it was a bit repetitive when I right. first heard it. And it, just comparing it to my way, he doesn't have an, there's no equivalent, right? Yeah. Where he says fair. my way like a hundred times. He doesn't do that. He doesn't um, do that. But like, it makes sense because the song is so different from my way in terms of like the topic. Yeah. The um, topic and the, the structure. Cause yeah, if you yeah. said my way a bunch, we'd be like, we get it. It's yeah. It's your <laughs> way. It, it, your okay. way. Okay. And then, then, yeah. then the killings would be justified. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Shut the fuck up about your way. <laughs> we get it. It's your way. Um, but, is this a Burger King ad? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, but no, it makes sense because of, of how he's telling the story and how everything is just like, yes, it's repetitive, it's repetitive. And then you even repeat how repetitive it is, you know? Yeah. So it makes sense. And it's, it's a good, good presentation. And that's why I can only go out on a, uh, a fade-out because it just keeps repeating, bro. Yeah. And, and it's another one where it makes sense, right? Because it's, like it, it does, it's not ended. There's no yeah. conclusion. It's just that day is over and then it's going to happen again. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that's the original song, uh, made in 1967, so there's no music video. Uh, we're now going to move to the version that never was, uh, Even a Fool Learns to Love by Even David Bowie in 1968. There was a time, the laughing time, he took his lot to every party, they'd point his way. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so I'm looking up the lyrics to this one, mm-hmm. and they seem to be more than are in the version we actually listen to. Yeah. So my guess is because even listening to the demo, it sounds like it kind of cuts. Yeah, there like, seem to be like to multiple section. versions or or split across different takes or whatever. Yeah. So I imagine like the lyrics were probably found whole. Right. And they the, could have been the written demo down was somewhere. just found in pieces. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I'm, I'm guessing Bowie's lyrics were kept in pretty good condition because some of them just went on auction for like a gajillion dollars. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who would like keep old notes and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. Hard to say. But I'm sure, sure he had I, like notebooks and stuff full of lyrics. Yeah. At least the ones he didn't cut up. And I do like, I, I think I trust these lyrics as being a genuine, but beyond. Yeah, I mean, comparing them to the, what we heard is mm-hmm. the, at least the first couple stanzas are correct so yeah so this song is about a funny guy who 
almost falls in love, but then feels the sting of not being loved, and thus right. learns to love. But he's he's like a, a characterized kind of as a clown, right? Yeah, well, a fool. But it is definitely like that kind of. I mean, early Bowie in particular really had that influence. You know, he did like mime, yeah. he did like pantomime type stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, that style of performance. And he did a lot of that on like stage you know yeah um, absolutely and didn't then he do isn't he like open for t-rex with mime with mime yeah i think something like that like he definitely like learned pantomime stuff and like performed it mm-hmm. um at the particularly at this time in his life so there's a lot of that kind of like theatrical style kind of like almost carny shit um <laughs> and this is like before bowie was really bowie as we know mm-hmm. him, like the rock star Bowie, um, and was still kind of building out his um, his persona. And this is really early, like just his interests happen to be theatrical in that way. So you, but yeah. they, it's interesting in this song how they come across in the lyrics, right? Because mm-hmm. this characterizes as, as as the main character who is a fool, but like is a clown, a fool, you know? Yeah. So he, he's doing double play on fool there. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And like you said, like Bowie was working on his persona, and as we've talked about, like he had so many persona shifts throughout the years. Yeah. And to see even in some of his earliest work here, he's still working with a persona, a character who's literally a clown. Like it's right. not the furthest removal, but it's like he's very zoned in on that idea. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, as as a Bowie scholar. Uh, it's a bit of a Bowie scholar, yeah. <laughs> to analyze those sorts of things. Yeah. It's an interesting piece. Um, and you can see like a bit of the like clumsiness in the writing. Yeah. It's, it's also I, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was gonna say it's also like a bit of that like Pagliacci joke of like oh, Dr. Yeah. I am Pagliacci, you know? You gotta see That's this guy right. is hilarious, like, but I'm still depressed. Because, like, you get that in the story of, like, oh, there's other people want him to make them happy, but he's not happy himself. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And then there's, yeah, there's this idea that he, like, puts a mask on, he's, he's the funny man, and that he's also kind of just giving it to anyone in exchange for some validation. Mm-hmm. And then he gets this glimpse of, like, what actual love is beyond performance. And that, like, is, like, angels to him, and then it's taken away from him, and so he's... He's at once like damned by losing this potential love, but also like enlightened because he now knows what's real or what could be. Yeah, get a little glimpse of the possibility. Yeah, he's learned so for, to love. He's learned to love. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great title. It's a good premise. Um, the the one clunkiness I have with it is he shifts from first person to third person. And I don't know, I like it, it works fine when you're listening to it, but reading it, I was just like, that's a bit odd. But let's talk about these lyrics. There was yeah, a time, okay. the laughing time, I took my heart to every party. They'd point my way, how are you today? Will you make us laugh? Chase our, chase our blues away. Their funny man won't let them down. No, he'd dance and prance and be their clown. That time, the laughing time, when even a fool learns to love. Yeah, it's uh, like you were saying, he's, he's kind of getting this validation from other people by being the funny guy. Mm-hmm. Or a funny person in some way. And he's definitely characterized as the fool, as the clown, as the jester character. Yeah. Um, who's just, so maybe, I mean, it doesn't really say this, but maybe it's like kind of a shallow thing, right? Because he's just looking for validation and all he really wants is just to make other people laugh. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and he's getting something out of that. And yeah, like even from the other side, people just want him for the laughs. They're like, oh, you can right. make us laugh? Like, it's very like functional. 
He's the yeah. funny guy, and like that's his role. So he's playing his role, mm-hmm. even though it's not. So yeah, it's a I, it's a little like microcosm of like <laughs> Bowie stuff. Yeah, and we we know he's going here like very gen. He says he took his heart to every party, so mm-hmm. he's going there and he's yeah. giving his all. Yeah, to this performance and doing everything that he dance and prance and be their clown. He won't let them down. He's he's a working clown here, man. He's he's giving it his all. <laughs> And these, these, this is called the laughing time. So this is before he kind of learns, because we eventually hear it called the the hate that hateful day later. So mm. it, it shifts from the laughing time to the hateful day. Mm-hmm. So this is before he he's he's learned to love. But this is the story of when even a fool learns to love. Um. So we get the clown turned around and saw her smile. Oh, how she loved me! Uh, she'd clap her hands and beg me stay to make her laugh to make her life gay. Who wants the love of all the world when here was love in the eyes of just one girl that day, that precious day, when even a fool learns to love? Yeah. He shifts here, the clown at the start, to then me. I'm just like, well... Oh, I see what you mean. So the perspective shifts a little awkward. This clown. Yeah. Uh, It it is interesting, though. I do like um, sort of the idea there of, of the shift from... And maybe this is part of the perspective shift, because mm. the shift really is from wanting to, um, from being really focused on making everyone happy, to being really focused on just one person. Right. So I wonder if that's part of the shift, and maybe it is a little clunky, but I think that might be the idea behind it. Of yeah, like, and now that I'm looking at more the first detached verse. versus more personal. He starts the first verse, I took my heart to every party, and then he yeah. talks about their funny man. So he then distanced himself from this performer character. Mm-hmm. But then, so then at the start of verse two, so verse one is I to third person. So first yeah. person to third person. And then we go reverse, because you're right. It's this moment of genuine connection. Yeah. We're now losing that distance. Yeah, and I, I, that's also kind of a thing that you saw with, with Slightly Later Bowie as well, where he did kind of distance himself, you know, or he created the persona as a way to sort of distance his uh, personal feelings, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to be a little less vulnerable when, in, when performing. So, like, the clown is not him necessarily, it's the character. Right. Right? So, like, when he refers to the clown in the third person, it's because it doesn't feel like it's really him. Mm-hmm. Or at least not entirely him. He's yeah. just giving you, you bits and pieces. Yeah. Exactly. I remember that that interview from the Moon Age Daydream documentary where he's talking with the woman. She's like, well, "Maybe you're wearing a mask right now," and he's like, "Oh, maybe, maybe." I'm yeah, a maybe. Mask. maybe. And you're like, "Oh shit!" So yeah, it's like a bit of that. Um, but yeah, he makes kind of like eye contact with this one woman who's particularly enthralled by him, and is like, "Please stay, make me laugh, make my life gay." Gay meant happy at this point in time, folks. It also meant asking. gay. It also did. But, I mean, still does mean happy, and also... I don't think she's asking the clown to make her a lesbian. Yeah, make, make, make my life <laughs> homosexual. Um, don't, just don't do, like, a search and replace in these lyrics, and you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Um, and so, yeah, in this moment, he's kind of like, holy shit. When here was love in the eyes of just one girl... Uh, yeah, who wants the love of all the world when here was love in the eyes of just one girl? He sees the value of intimacy, basically. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a relatable yeah. story for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I mean, we all kind of put on shows of, when we go to parties and things, yeah, right? Put to on a extent. bit of a character, feel like a little like you're performing, and then 
And I mean, I don't know if that would necessarily contrast it in that same way of being like, now I have to like leave this behind to be this, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. But uh, so we get that. And then yeah. he speaks of his marvelous dream. But oh, how I dreamed a marvelous dream where all the heavens are so it had seemed with thunderous applause. Look down from above on a clown and an angel so much in love. Clown and an angel. That's fun. That's that's fun quite imagery. nice. Yeah. I'll stay with my dream. It takes such a dream. And even a fool learns to love. Um, they've kind of mashed this next section. Yeah. Here. So let's let's one. deal with that first, because this section basically gets repeated. This how I dreamed a dream. Right. Uh, yeah. But he, he's talking about how, how phenomenal it is. He's basically he's like, this is such an incredible experience. Yeah. And just like th- thinking of the future, presumably, if that's what the dream is, you know? Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's so great. Like the heavens open and are like, this is the best thing. We all love this. Like we're used to the best possible things and we're even inspired by this, this yeah. love. So he's fallen in love. Mm-hmm. He's learned to love, but also has finally made himself vulnerable. To an yeah. extent. Yeah, the mask, like, slips a touch. Yeah. And then that turns out to be, like, the harm, because now we come to the next part. Yeah. I don't know, the next verse. That day, that hateful day, the joke turned stale, the game was over. Those spiteful words, oh, go away, who wants to play? It's getting late now. My world, my funny world, had lost its mask and shown a broken heart. A time, a sour time, when even a fool even a learns fool to love. learns to love. Yeah, it, it really seems to me at this point, like, there's an aspect of, like, he he sort of now leaned more into, like, the funny persona, t- sort of, but that made him, like, distant kind of thing. Right, he just and leaned then, on his bits too hard. Yeah, and then there's just, like, a, a point where it becomes, like, too much, and I don't know, is that is that what you get? Like, they're just getting annoyed at his, they're like, this is not the appropriate time for this joke kind of thing? Yeah, I think he maybe just kind of, like, like, you're right, misread the situation. He's like, oh, they love me. I'll keep playing this up. And they're like, well, the party's over. The the clowning yeah. is done. It's getting late now. Like, Yeah, is it just on. more general, like, we, like, the love ended kind of thing? Or do you think there's more specificity in how it... Well, I think he calls the love a dream for a reason, is that here it turns out oh. to be just that. Okay. Because I think that he, like, maybe a, a common situation for a lot of people, reading too much into what somebody says... She's like, oh, come keep my life gay, you know, stick around. He's right. like, oh my God, this is like, it. We're having fun. He's like, ah, it's true love. And maybe not. And maybe not. It turns out it was just like, this, this woman was just enjoying the time. And it's like, now the party's over. And she's like, stop. <laughs> it's, it's over. What do you want? Yeah. And he's like, oh shit, here I thought I was, she was seeing the real me, but it was really just, just the clown me, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's part I said I, I lost it, uh, lost the mask and shown a broken heart. Have we got that far? Did you read that um, part? I yet? did read that, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> couldn't remember. Um, which I guess is part of that. And also, um, the mask is, you know, made to protect you, right? Mm-hmm. From, from being vulnerable. So, he made himself vulnerable and then learned. I guess that is something, to, like, he learned to love. And part of that is opening yourself up to heartbreak. You know, yeah. and that is what happened, and he experienced that. So it's 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 sad, but but it's there. Yeah, because and he so you kind of like because you're kind of like heartbroken at this point. He's, he lost his mask. He's got a broken heart. There's that idea of like, oh, all funny people are depressed. You know, all clowns are sad. Yeah, Pagliacci, Pagliacci etc. 
and then he's like, but let's let's he tell, tells us to like dial back in this final verse. He's like, but you remember that dream? I dreamed a dream right. where it, where it was so incredible. He says, I'll stay with my dream. It takes such a dream, and even a fool learns to love. Yeah, and maybe that's what it means to learn to love is to to have something like that to pursue. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's the lyrics. That's the and lyrics. Uh, like you said, it's maybe a bit clunky, but I feel like. That happens with some early Bowie, but as as an appreciator of of Bowie material, I really feel like even in this early stage, there's a lot of the like things I like about Bowie lyrics. Like they're always a little more thoughtful than contemporary stuff, right? Like he always yeah. has another angle on things, you know. Um, he's always been a really strong writer, and and that came through. In yeah, making right it away a, here, a superstar for decades. Yeah, it's great. Like, yeah, it's there's such a solid concept behind this. There's some, like we've pointed out, some pretty great lines in there: a clown and an angel in love. Even just the title line, "Even a fool learns to love," is used very expertly as a refrain. Uh, it's it is a pretty solid piece of writing, and it, accompanying it is the most lo-fi fucking demo you can imagine. Yeah, it's such a demo. I mean, uh, one other thing I'll say related to it because it's kind of now the the combination of the of the lyrics and the and the music. The even a fool learns to love is a bit long for the melody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like some of that feels a bit clunky. And later on, I feel like some Bowie songs really do that kind of stuff, but like you do, it's less noticeable, you know, where right. he's like, he fits like a shockingly large number of words in a small amount of, um, of melody. And right. you, so it's hard to even know what he said <laughs> some of the time. Um, and this kind of has that too, but maybe a little less smooth. Uh, but you know, it's so early in his career. Uh, he's just hadn't quite gotten that, but, but you can still see, those little things that come up later, which is what, oh, so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear it, because, like, he straight up records over the uh, original track, so, like... Yeah, this is called, I mean, like, restored demo, right? Reconstructed demo. Reconstructed demo. So, I imagine and it's chop- from the chopped up bits and pieces, this yeah. guy just, like, put them together. There seems to be, like, two or three tracks or tapes or something of Bowie mm-hmm. singing, and it's just placed over, like you said, the instrumentation from the original mm-hmm. song. And it's and only the vocal a, track. And the vocal track is there too, which actually yeah. I didn't realize that was what was going on at first. And mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was doing both and maybe a more okay. direct translation because he's not doing a direct translation, obviously. No, not at all. Um, but I didn't realize that at first. So I thought maybe he basically had his own lines and their lines and was just syncing them up. Which I thought, mm-hmm. I actually think that would be kind of a cool thing to do if you were doing like a direct, fairly direct translation uh, to have kind of your backup vocals just being the original French vocals. Yeah, that would be interesting. And layering them. Um, that would be cool, potentially. Uh, but that's not really what's going on here. This is just like a kind of cheap demo. <laughs> yeah, so you mostly get him singing. He does some, some talk singing lines when there's like quotation bits. He says, how are you today? Right, which is also similar to early Bowie stuff when his more like novelty songs you know, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of an example. Does he do that in the Laughing Gnome? I don't remember. I've, Alex, I only know the, really the Laughing Gnome by name. Yeah. As much as I love to reference it. Yeah. I don't know that first David Bowie album. 
uh, very no, well. No, I know all. Rubber Band from that one. Rubber Band. Huh? Rubber Band. In 1910, <laughs> I was so handsome and so something strong. My mustache was finely waxed and ten feet long. <laughs> ah, that's very relatable for you. Yeah, that's it's probably why it sticks in my head. I'm like, could I get it uh, that long? <laughs> yeah, well, let's see. Um, do I need a rubber band? Yeah, got it. They're, they're involved somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so musically, there's not a whole lot to say other than the lyrics kind of change in quality throughout this thing. And then at one point, they get like really shitty and then they kind of switch back to being yeah. okay. Yeah, it's like a guy had three tapes lined up and just like switched yeah. to them fairly seamlessly but you can tell there's different quality and they kind of adjust the quality of the backing track i don't know if that's part of the tape or what mm-hmm. do, 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 do. but yeah do, do, it's do. i mean that's it man that's the- yeah that's it it's it's a young david bowie singing over it um and then he later became a big deal so think about that folks yeah think about that but you want to think about more lyrics you want to think about croon yeah you we do want to think about more lyrics way. Frank Sinatra, 1969. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend Yeah, we told you the story. Written by Paul Anka, specifically for Frank Sinatra and intending to sound like the way Frank Sinatra spoke, which is interesting. Which is um, interesting, yeah. Because he, he was talking about hanging out with, I mean, was it the Rat Pack? It was the, the Rat, Rat Pack. Pack. Yeah. So, like, Frank Sinatra, and I don't remember the other members. Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra's penis. Uh. <laughs> um, and just everyone who was into that. Um, all right, here we go. Errol Flynn, Nat King Cole, Mickey Rooney, Frank Sinatra, um, and Humphrey Bogart. Okay, yeah. Um, possibly even... Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Joey Bitch. So there's a lot of them. A lot of them. Uh, it's kind of a Bogart vague association like, of like hogging cigarettes. Hot what? Because <laughs> like, you know, don't Bogart that joint. Don't so Bogart like, that joint. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were uh, to say they're well known for. <laughs> well, they're well known. Like it was sort of this like quasi community of like celebrities. Yeah. Uh, and like socialites in this time period, and they're like kind of younger, I think. Or yeah, they, they were causing, stirring up trouble, drinking a lot. At one point, I'm pretty sure. Right. Or at least yeah. Pretending to drink a lot. Drinking and and smoking and and partying and whatever. Because then you later get the Brat Pack, the Hollywood's Brat Pack, which is, yeah, uh, which is the like '80s version. Yeah. With basically everyone who was in. Uh, oh, was it? What's the guy who did uh, Breakfast Club? Um. Oh. Uh. 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 Isn't that what it's mostly associated with? I don't actually know now that I've said it out loud. Well, let me tell you. Oh, well, yeah, you got Emilio Estevez in there. You yeah. got Rob Lowe, who I don't think was in. Uh, oh, no, he wasn't. You got Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Uh, Judd Nelson, Anthony Michael Hall, Demi Moore. Demi Moore, really? Okay, so I guess I don't know much about that, but a similar setup. Uh, but I, guess, I think they were even younger, is the idea. The Brat Pack was younger. I said yeah. that about the Rat Pack, but I think I got that yeah, mixed yeah. up. Uh, the other thing, I think, is their like, sort of pseudo-mob connections. Because Frank Sinatra is kind of known for hanging out with mobsters. Yeah. He's talking and about how they would, the way he would talk is kind of inspired by that. Which, this song seems so tame mm-hmm. compared to what I would expect you know, gangsters to talk like. But, but I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, and Ank even says something like that. He's like, oh, they all talk like mobsters. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is Cuz uh, I did not get that from the lyrics at all. No, I guess just like I I he like a line he specifically mentions is I ate it up and spit it out. Yeah, which is a cool line. Yeah. Yeah, this is a song about a cool guy who's maybe dying. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I mean the other part of the story is Frank Sinatra was talking about getting out of the Biz, like singing out of business yeah so yeah he's facing the final curtain of performance so yeah, yeah verse one let's get into us and now the end is near yeah. and so i face the final curtain my friend i'll say it clear i'll state my case of which i'm certain i've lived a life that's full i traveled each and every highway and much much more than this or more much more than this i did it my way yeah uh i mean the the setup pretty cool setup he's just ta- like looking back on his life and yeah kind of concluding that it was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah i'm satisfied with that what's the joe walsh song is it life's been good to life's me life's been good to me so far yeah it's, yeah it's, a, it's the older Similar version of that. that you know he's saying like i'm pretty certain of this like i've done i've tried a lot of things you know i've gone a lot of places and uh i did it in a way that was like satisfying to my own desires yeah he he followed his own his own code code his own path um and managed to live a full life and he's proud of this. Is apparently a big song at funerals. People love to play this one at funerals. Right, it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's, it's inspiring. Um, I feel like it is maybe missing that that extra step, you know, that extra thoughtfulness. Um, but well, yeah. I mean, we're not even done the lyrics yet. That's sort of yeah. That's sort of like you know, a little punch in the gut or yeah, something like that. I always did it my way, and maybe that excluded me from connecting with other you know that sort of thing yeah because we open up verse two with i think the dumbest lines yeah regrets i've had a few but then again too few to mention mention. but like not many because i'm still doing what i want right yeah but enough that i'm gonna tell you i had regrets yeah but if it's too few to mention couldn't you just mention them yeah right isn't that (laughs) it's so much easier to mention fewer right it's less yeah It should be like too little to mention, like elite, like or like like the the because the, they're small regrets. Yeah, or something like that. Too small something that makes to mention. Seem, makes them seem insignificant as opposed yeah. to small in number. Yeah. But anyway, classic song. <laughs> classic song. Um, I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway. And more, much more than this, I did it my way. I did it my way. So, yeah, like reading this out loud, I would want to punch somebody who said this to me. So, yeah. if they're singing it at me, like I get, <laughs> I get a bit of that. Yeah, like he always completed what he wanted to do. Like no, never. He's like I and I never fail. Like yeah, and saw it through without exemption. There's nothing I never saw through to completion. Yeah, interesting <laughs> that this is. Not only a song written for him and supposedly like about him, yeah, uh, but also that he didn't like it. <laughs> it's very funny because yeah, Paul Anka talks about he's like I did it. I, he's like I got into the mind space. I was Frank Sinatra. Yeah, when I was Frank writing Sinatra's those lyrics. Like, this makes me seem like a piece of shit. Like yeah, or I don't know what I can't remember what his quote was. Um, he, his daughter's quote is that he didn't like it. That song stuck and he couldn't get it off his shoe. He always thought yeah. the song was self serving and self indulgent. Yeah. Um, and then Frank Sinatra has been quoted as calling it, quote, a Paul Anka pop hit, which became a kind of national anthem. <laughs> so it's so uh, funny to hear Anka be like, it's in Frank Sinatra's own words. And he's like, that's some fucking Paul Anka bullshit. Some Anka <laughs> shit. Um, 
Yeah, also very funny because it was a big hit and he was like trying to get out at the time. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I got to keep going. <laughs> I guess I'll do this one. And then everybody's like, we love this song. This is the Frank Sinatra song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frank Sinatra song. The next part gets called the chorus. Um, yeah. The structure is very similar to the original where it's mostly just repeated um, stan- kind of stanzas with a refrain. Mm-hmm. You could make the argument... I guess that this is a chorus, and probably mostly only because it does follow the same structures to, or similar structure to the original. Where yeah, this the third section is yeah, your, like your the exciting one, and yeah. then when we get back to another one of those, um, this one has five sections instead of six. But when we get back to another one of those, it says that's also a chorus, but it's completely different lyrics. Yeah, I guess like in like more conceptually, it's a chorus in that it's like the upbeat part. Yeah, it's the like it's exciting the kind part. of release part almost. Yeah, but it is really more of just a, a different verse. Yeah. Um. Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew, but through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. Spit I faced it, it all and cool I stood line. tall and did it my way. That is still a cool line, but it is again like similar to the last one. It was like I've had regrets. But whatever. And this one's like, yeah, sometimes it was tough, but I did it anyway, you know? Yeah, it's it's a like, oh, yeah, it was tough, but I, f- I fucking did it. I'm the yeah, best. which I guess is, I mean, kind of the, like, maybe gangster bravado. Yeah. Um, that you hey, I bit off more than I could chew, chew. but you know what? I, ate I it still up. ate it up. And I spit it, it out. out. Yeah. But, that, I mean, that, it's also cool to see that. come after us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool to see that, like, repeated imagery of, like, he bit off more than he could chew, but he still ate it up and also spit it out like he still managed it yeah um and that's a cool line i mean uh, the way he delivers this obviously is very is great you know yeah i ate it up and spit it out you know yeah he's got that that sinatra gravitas yeah yeah still frank sinatra yeah i faced it all i stood tall and did it my way i, I, I it's just like yeah there's tough stuff but i'm just too great yeah <laughs> i stay winning as the kids say now yeah exactly yeah if they say that I think so. <laughs> Stay winning. That's, um, not, that's not like a, oh, what's his name? Charlie Sheen reference? Um, Maybe. Maybe it's evolved from there. He was just winning. Oh, he was just winning. Man, yeah. that is a like 12-year-old reference. That's a lifetime ago, man. Yeah. Um, okay. I love so that the, laughed. Yes. The next word. Yeah. You're going to say it. Uh, but say I'll, it. Let you, I'll let you read it out for a second. Please. I've loved. I've laughed and cried. I've had my fill, my share of losing. And now as tears subside, I find it all. So amusing to think I did all that, and may I say, not in a shy way. Oh no, oh no, not me. Oh, no. I did it my way. I did it my way. I guess this is a little bit of that other side, right? It like tries to be a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't really get much into it, but he does. You know, it does say I've lost. Um, but once again, this is like, but it's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's there's tears. He's crying, but now it feels better because he realizes how great he is. I guess. Yeah, or maybe that like the things he was crying over weren't that bad in Weren't hindsight bad. right he, he he ate it up he spit it out he got through it he's still standing True. tall yeah so i guess yeah it's like with hindsight yeah things did go pretty well yeah he's like hey um came but, out good in the end yeah it doesn't suggest really any any reason that living life his way is uh could be a negative could be a negative thing and and I, I mean guess that's maybe fair that's, that's a fair position as well yeah that's fair to you just be like, like hey live life your way i live my life and i did it my way and it was great mm-hmm. try and stop me um may i say not in a shy way is that referring to the latter line i did it my way or to all the the things he did well i guess it's the same thing because to think i did all that and all may that. i say not in a shy way as in i did all that in a shy way 
Or is he then saying, I'm going to say not in a shy way, the title line here, I did it my oh, way. Oh, no, may I say, I did it my way? Yeah. I mean, yeah, interesting. I wonder if, yeah, because I'm thinking it could, like, it makes sense applying to both, because one, he's like, and I'm also super charismatic. Um, yeah. And versus, like, I, I am not afraid to say that I did it my way. And I think in that interpretation, it fits more into his previous line. Um where he says that um, he, I'll say my case of which I'm certain. Like he's very confident in all this, right? right? And it seems to be like he's saying, "I didn't like accidentally do things my way or try to sneak around it." It's very deliberate. It's very because then after not in a shy, he says, "Oh no, no, not me." Yeah, like, I did it my way, and I did it confidently and knowingly. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that's it. And then finally, we end with, "For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not." To say the things he truly feels, and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. Did it my way. Yeah, little like conclusion, I guess. And also getting like mildly philosophical. What is a man? What has he got? What is a man? You know, if you, if you don't have yourself, um, you have nothing. Yeah. So I guess he it's his position that he has himself. He's got himself. He's saying what he feels. He's not. He's not giving words out just to satisfy someone else. Except for Paul Anka. <laughs> a little bit a little bit Paul Anka and he and again there's there's this idea of like there was hardship the record shows I took the blows yeah so he's like I did I suffer in some way for doing things my way but I, I took it again standing tall mm-hmm. looking hot while I did it you know, yeah and he's, <laughs> he's just really confident about his, he's his very life confident and then we hit the outro yes it was my way yes it was my way yeah that's like super stretched out in the song I mean this is a great song to sing Long too. You feel good singing along to this song. Yeah, I'll admit. But Just I see be why careful where people. you're singing it. <laughs> yeah, don't sing it in the wrong island nation. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's I. It's definitely like one that you want to sing along to, and I think musically, especially on this my way, the fucking like orchestra gets so up. Yeah. Particularly really on this, cool like, arrangements. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about it. Um, this one actually has a bit of an intro. The original came in like immediately. Yeah. But just, a, and then you kind of get, it, there's like a Celesta or something. You get the dun 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 dun, kind of like that pop chords. Might be a harpsichord. I'm leaning toward harpsichord. Yeah. Um, and then you get, I think, another harp. Yeah, because it's like a Doing that arpeggio, that bump, bump, Yeah, exactly. Dun dun dun. Um,. But that doesn't last for very long. Oh, there's also that low bass because it's a similar style, right? We're still in that kind of like big band, yeah, jazz pop thing, old school. We got a little more jazz. space for like Sinatra to Sinatra. True, I mean Sinatra. Sorry, I'd let his voice like have space there. Right? Yes, he was really, as I understand, into like getting songs that could really hit like that part of his register, so he could sing that low part. But he's got right. that quality to his voice, so even when he goes up a bit, you still kind of hear that. For sure, yeah. Um, so it's also fun to uh, imitate this voice, right? Because <laughs> yeah. the old like crooner sound, it's kind oh, of I did it my yeah. It's like doing a pirate way. voice, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a joy you to get do. To sing. Yar, yar. Um, <laughs> it's exactly the same as Frank Sinatra. It's yeah. I've always said Frank Sinatra. He's, yeah. he sounds like a pirate. Oh, that's Sinatra. You best start believing in my way, missus. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, the record shows I took the blow. All right, that's not. <laughs> I, I uh, took the blow, sweetheart. 
Uh, okay. Uh, we're on verse one. Uh, yeah, we get that. Uh, yeah, like really voice playing around in that low register. Uh, very similar. Like the first verse and the intro are kind of the same musically. Yeah. And then like second verse, we get strings coming strings, in. Strings. Yeah. They sort of do that. Like they climb up periodically and stuff yeah. like that. Um, there's also, you start to get low horns. I think French horns. Okay. Yeah. Um, they kind of have that broadness to them. I, I don't know exactly how to describe French horns. They're not as like bright and in your face as a trumpet, yeah. but they're yeah. not as low as like a tuba, but they can kind of do that play in between them in right. a very interesting it's, way. It's because um, they smoke a lot of cigarettes. They kind of have a different yeah. vocal quality. Yeah, they're French, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's French horns, but I'm not an expert. Yeah, that kind of... Yeah. That comes in. Yeah, I would believe that to be a French as horn. A, as a... Uh, French horn player for 10 months of my life. Uh, I'm kind of an expert, so... 10 months? Was that, like, middle school band? Yeah, it was 7th grade. 7th grade. Which I then did not continue with the band, regrettably. But, no. I mean, let me tell you, uh, regrets. Uh, I've had a few. Had a few, uh, and one I might mention. <laughs> and one I might mention. Um, anyway, yeah, yes. I, I also regret never being in band class, but I would have had yeah. to play a clarinet, and that just didn't seem like the vibe. Oh, uh, yeah, you could do some... Uh, Super Tramp stuff? Oh, hey. If yeah. I'd have known that, I'd have been in there. Yeah. Um, let me let me play Poor Boy on this poor boy. clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> chorus. Where there's a chorus or a third there verse. There is a chorus. Did we talk about the second verse? verse? Yeah, oh, we talked we about did. strings it's coming kind of in. The, it's, again, similar to the original. It's that build with yeah. strings. This one is uh, like a little sparse. There's still like pretty big arrangement, but like I feel yeah. like it's easier to talk about the elements. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we brought in strings here. And the rest is still going. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time we get to that third section, the maybe chorus, um, yes. yeah, it becomes very active. Like you get the build from the the strings and then the horns. Um, yeah, um, yeah. This is like it's, it's like angelic. It's big, his voice jumps the, up too. His voice jumps up. There is like a little extra percussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some yeah, some good drum rolls there after spit it out. Uh, yeah, that's an exciting line. Excuse and like me. that that low end is being filled out by those French horns. So you have that and then and the French horns have like a sort of regal quality to them almost, maybe because they were used to announce royalty, but it, it, it gives it that extra juice. A little bit of extra juice, yeah. So speaking of juice, uh it should be spatted out, right? Yeah. Like phonet- like grammatically. Make I more shoot sense? it up and, and spat, spat it like out. Past tense. He's changing tense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's all. <laughs> Fucking. Just making Paul sure. Anka. Making sure I got that right. Um, I spit. Yeah, I didn't. Even and think it, about like that. you wouldn't need to change anything. Like why would you change the spit? But yeah. maybe maybe it has to do with how the gangsters would have talked. So kind of yeah. Funny. Okay, where are we? Okay, Third verse. We're with, we're with the gangsters. Fourth section. We're with the gangsters. Yeah, yeah. As similar to the original. Drop down to the lower levels. Verse two, more yeah. or less. A uh, few more things. Like you get some flutes in here. Yeah. Uh, which kind of melds into those Frenchies. Um, later on, <laughs> referring to the horns, referring everyone. to the horns, yeah, not the dogs. You can hear yapping. No, uh, uh, and then like there's some chimes here too. So it's similar yeah. to the original, but I feel like they've added a little more. But they've brought it to the same energy level. Yeah, emphasizing like gentleness through yeah. bonus instruments, being like through a like chime, let's do like, a little woodwind, you know, a nice like chime sweep, yeah, kind of sound. 
Um, a little, yeah, like chimes in there, and then we soar right back up for the the big final verse. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very similar to the previous chorus. Bigger horns and like there's actually like trumpets or something, and they're like blasting. Yeah, they just started bah, blasting. Bah, and bah. Uh, yeah, big like sweep. You get that harp playing and the big horns and like drum rolls. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Before, like, the end where it really quiets down, you get, like, the melody on just strings, and then Frank does the slow last line, and they get this, like, slow harp plucking. So, very nice arrangement. Yeah, if you, like, even, you go, like, halfway through, like, 335, he already sounds as huge as he's gonna get, and then you go to, like, 345 when he's hitting the end. Yeah. You're like, fuck, okay. Yeah, he's just going. This, yeah, big massive finish on my way, big horn hits afterwards. And then this kind of like cool down we've got to have with the with the brass section. They go big up, and then they gently kind of lilt us down. Yeah, let which the is strings take over, and then we a real like kind of classic thing to do. But mm-hmm. yeah, they do just like horn doing the the melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, massive, huge. How could it not be a hit? How could it not be a hit? Especially with Frank Sinatra behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so very nice arrangement. Um, I like the instruments he uses. And like also, the way it is similar to the original in some ways, but also I think changes it in a way that really fits with the style they, they're going with. Yeah, um, it truly like Americanizes it in, yeah. in every way. Yeah, like absolutely. lyrically to the to the way that the it's arranged to the Frank Sinatra in the front. It's yeah, I think Frank Sinatra can maybe I don't know Claude Francois was a pretty big deal, so I, I yeah. don't know that Frank Sinatra had like that many more resources, but he seems to have pretty solid arranger. Not that I mean I didn't like yeah. the arrangement on the original. Yeah, I think just like like we talked about a couple of weeks back for listeners, the the cult, main cultural export of the world is American stuff. So yeah. We did Sinatra talk about just that. Comes off looking a little bigger. Um, but you know who else had a big band, an orchestra, and uh, a big name? Hugo Montenegro in 1969. Hugo Montenegro. And now the end is near. So I face that final curtain. My friend, I'll say it. Have we uh, talked about this guy? I feel like we have, but I can't, couldn't find anything. I don't, it, like, I've definitely seen his name, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, um, I could, did a lot I of work sure. for film soundtracks yes. and some orchestra-leading stuff. This is kind of his experimental album called Moog Power. Moog Power. And so he is, I guess, band-leading on this, and the vocals are done by one Gene Morford, who is okay. an actor and singer. Um, who is known for uh, this and singing the bass parts on three Toto songs. Wow. Three? Yeah. Rosanna, um, the uh, other big hit that's not Africa, Hold the Line. Hold the Line. And a third track that I'd never heard of. Fair enough. I'll, I'll Be Down or something like that. Yeah, don't know that Toto song. Yeah. At one time in Rome when we were discussing the best Toto song, of all, yes. what the best Toto song was, that didn't come up. That yeah, I'll tell you what did not come up. <laughs> but yes, this guy's an interesting character. I bring up this vocalist because my first note for this one is: Does he kind of sound like Frank Zappa? Oh, because he. It might just be the deepness of his voice, or some. There was a bit where I was like, he's a little bit like Frank Zappa. 
I think I can hear what you're saying. I mean, he's a little bit stronger singer, or yeah. probably a lot stronger singer than Frank Sinatra. Wait, Frank, fuck. Zappa. Other Frank. Yeah. Uh, than Zappa. But I think I see what you're saying, because this one kind of has that, like, there's a bit of, like, a jazzy sound to it, and kind of like a psychedelic. A little jazzy, way. little funky, little psychedelic. Yeah. yeah. And it's definitely got that, like, psychedelia thing going on. 1969, so it's, like, the right time. It's kind of, like, it's groovy, right? So you got that yeah. kind of, like, groovy late 60s thing going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like phasery effects. There's on the guitar, on the electric piano, or maybe it's a synth. Yeah, because this is Moog either power, like right? it's Moog power, so they're either from a synth directly or being processed through a synth. Maybe right, right. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I mean, I didn't notice the name of the album, and I didn't take note of any synthesizers on this track. I, yeah, I was. I didn't hear this and go like, oh, this is particularly Moogy. Yeah. You don't get that like kind of like Moog sound, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, they say Moog might not even be like a mini Moog, which is kind of the classic. Not that the like modular would have sounded all that different or anything, but maybe there's yeah. just more features and you can make it sound even more different. Um, what else is going on in this one? There's like some guitars and stuff. So you get like some muted guitar strums. At first, it sounds like acoustic and then kind of comes in with electric. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a neat sound. And then there's a bit that almost sounds like they're going to like a James Bond progression of like, that kind of thing. But it's only the first two chords. (laughs) It just goes off to another one. So I heard that. 103 is my timestamp. So you can hear like, and then it just does something else. (laughs) So it doesn't sound like it at all. But you know. No. But sometimes you pick up on that kind of thing where you're like, hey, is this yeah. going to be this? Oh, yeah, you can definitely hear it if you let the yeah. voice like, mm, it's the backing mm-hmm. vocalist. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of, I don't remember what the chord progression is, but it's very, like you can play it on a piano just moving one note between chords. Oh, and then the okay, other two yeah. are the same. So it's like pretty simple. And then you just like move one note uh, up and down a half step. Yeah. So pretty simple thing to do. Um, and so you yeah, you do get back. still like a lot of big instruments on this, but there is a much greater emphasis on more rock and roll, like pop music. Yeah, you get the electric, electric guitars and stuff. Um, I think this one even has some French horn as well. Yeah, I believe um, that. There's definitely brass of some kind. Yeah. Um, a really groovy bass on this too. We open with the bass groove, and then that just kind of carries on throughout. So yeah, you got brass. You got bass. So I'm got- listening to his voice now. I'm like, is there some Zappa in there? And I think I hear that because, like, he has that like the sound that Zappa gets, where it's like a very conspicuous. I'm gonna say open throat sound, where he's like, I, you just weren't there, you know? You just yeah, like like Zappa will really play up. Yeah, this sort of. But like, there's style. a bit of that in this where like he seems like he's really doing that like half yawn while singing kind of thing. Yeah. Which I think you would want to do anyway, but it sounds a little more airy in like the low end, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I um, wonder if that's uh, this guy, Gene Morford, attempting a kind of Sinatra style? Possibly, because that would be a way, I mean, I could definitely see like a parody, mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about one, uh, <laughs> version uh, doing that kind of thing. He is also like a bass singer, though. He also sang in like a... Uh, a quartet at Disneyland, the Dapper Dance. <laughs> Disneyland. Yeah. Wow, what a thing. So he's like a bass singer, so this could just be his quality. True. Although, like, you get, there's another kind of section to the song. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the regrets I've had a few, I think. Yeah. That seems like the wrong place for it. But um, Regrets. <laughs> I've had a few. When he gets into that section, it's almost more like soul-ish. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Like It's like the, the 131 mark is, is the timestamp I have. Okay. It's kind of before that, like... Yes, there were times. Right, it's the chorus. Yes, not, there not were regrets. times. I had the section wrong, but it's like that third section. I'm sure you knew. Like it's, it's a little sure more of that. Like now we're like kind of belting. Yeah, he like, like I he, feel like yeah. um, like Joe Cocker could really like crush that. Crush for sure. Yeah, he is kind of moving through like the popular musics of the era: your R and B, yeah, your rock and roll, your funk a bit, like a bit of jazz in there. It feels much more modern, despite being the same year as uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, it's pretty quick, eh? Yeah, they really turned this one out. Yeah, so uh, this is an interesting version. Um, yeah, oh, I like also it. the end just like goes full instrumental. It's just, like funky instrumental for a while. Oh yeah, we're just out on that some humming, letting that bass groove out, and that whatever mogi instrument in the right speaker there just kind of giving her. I th- honestly thought it was just a guitar. It was like kind I of think like it a is a guitar, but it has a like a yeah, it's got a wah or something on it. It's got Moog power running through it, baby. It's got Moog power, brother. It's got that Moog power. <laughs> <laughs> we got a power on though. Yeah, we do. We got like a few more versions to go, and there's we got a few more versions coming um, up. Speaking of which, Aretha Franklin originally in 1970 released in 2006. Yep. Um, I know I was listening to it, I was like, this is not 2006 Aretha Franklin. Because we've Not that she wasn't Aretha good in 2006, but like, you listen to her in the 70s and she's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And that goes for this as well. I was listening like, damn, this is so good. Uh, yeah, it's like a home run for it. It's such an easy <laughs> yeah. pick. Like, um, But also, like, we talk about Aretha Franklin, or we've talked about her before, and uh, she's always had, you know, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is a little different from those, and it's a little more of like a rock ballad type arrangement, kind of slows Absolutely, down a yeah. bit, uh, which makes sense based on the song. And like, yeah, it's a little less active, but it like kind of lets her sit back and just like sing, and it's like it's Aretha Franklin, so it's just incredible. Yeah, a lot of like repetition of lines and improv, like light improvisation on lines to kind of yeah. change them to fit a certain meter. Um, she like uh, there's a line she says, which I'm trying to be certain instead of whatever the original line is, of which I'm certain. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a little, a little, case, little certain. bitty changes here and there, but it's mostly probably it sounds ad libbed, kind of. Yeah, thing, you know? and it, but like it does in space. Yeah, it does play into a, like a more vulnerable take on uh, like oh, uh, maybe yeah. maybe I did the right thing, which I'm trying to be certain. Um, there's some other ones she does here. Uh, I didn't put quotes around them because I'm an idiot. I, like, I don't know where I, I left those notes. But oh, a better change. But about regrets, I just won't mention. Regrets, I've had a few. But about regrets, I just won't mention. Hey, you fixed yeah. it, Aretha. Yeah, she fixed it. She fucking fixed it. We tried. Um, we could do it. Yeah, and then she said, "I did exactly what I thought I should do instead of I did what I had to do." Which again, right. like, says, like, speaks to a non-absolute kind of take. Yeah, so it's a little less like self-aggrandizing mm-hmm. in a way that is, is pretty fascinating and really effective. Yeah, um, 
The one yeah. thing she like tries but drops the ball on though lyrically, she says, "You took some blows and did it your way." So yeah, the that's the verses, like the later is in the chorus or is in the second chorus. I feel like yeah, she so you did repeats, it your way. Um, she skips the third and fourth verse and instead right. just does the final verse twice. Right. Right. But yeah, um, she has this idea to kind of give it to the audience, and maybe this is part of the reason this song is an outtake from the album and didn't make the final cut. Didn't quite. It was not quite fully baked. Yeah. In that sense. Because she changes um, it to your way in these verses, and like, that's a cool idea, but we need uh, like a little more doesn't quite to get us to yeah. that conclusion. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, the rest of it, like musically. Oh, yeah. Great, like, like, you get so much, like, that piano leading in, uh, piano leading for the most part, and you kind of get like a lot of those, like, even on starts with like faster chords, kind of. Mm hmm. And then, am I looking at the right thing? Yeah. Well, piano chords uh, with like other backing stuff. Um, Lots of those ad libs, like you said. And then even there's like bluesy guitar licks that come in later with some strings. Yeah, on the second verse there, I really like those. Yeah. Um, and yeah, lots of good stuff. I wrote so many good things, but I did not be, was not more specific. So many, There's an yeah, organ you got, later so you on. Get, like bluesy guitar, like say you get an organ that comes in there afterwards to give it a little bit of gospel. Yeah. Um, she doubles down on the final verse, which is like, yeah, that's the money, right? So just do that twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. There's even, okay. There's one other thing I like to mention. Mm-hmm. The organ and violin kind of have this back and forth near the end. Yes. Um, and that, like, that sound, I'm hearing that, I'm like, that reminds me of, like, the band, kind of. Oh, yeah. I just, that, I mean, that's definitely the kind of music they're looking for. Um, or they're in. So, I feel like, I don't know, cool sound. Yeah. Oh, definitely yeah, a lot of, like, awesome, like, what back and forth. would be incorporated into Southern Rock in this. Yeah, this is, like, a textbook for, for Southern Rockers yeah. to, to look at. Um, I like there's a really good drum roll around 310 after the one who kneels line. Yeah. It's like, dun, dun, bun, dun, dun, dun. you're like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good, like, power ballad kind of strong build on this. <laughs> yeah, that, like, sort of spaced out um, drum roll. And, of course, Hell. the way she sings the one who kneels, like, her vocal performance on this is just, like, crazy all the oh, way yeah. through. It's wild that this through. is an outtake. <laughs> I feel like it, with just a little more work, they could have really... I don't know. It's great. Yeah. They could have slotted this in. It makes, I should listen to the album Spirit in the Dark and True. see Maybe that's what just beat like this out. Incredible. I don't know. It. I don't know. But yeah, strong singer. We got another strong vocalist coming up next, though. Nina Thank Simone in 1971. And now the end is near. And so I got to face the final curtain. curtain. Friends. Some big names on this one. Big names. Uh, we've talked about her. Yeah. Not only have we talked about her, we talked about her on a Bowie episode. That's right. Uh, Wild the Wind. The Wind, uh, which she did a version of. And Bowie's cover is basically a cover of her version, more That's or less. right. Um, so it's quite long. It's also, like, kind of wild. Like, I like the elements. I know Nina Simone, like, I've done a little bit of reading and learning about Nina Simone and the things she said about, like, her style of music, because it's, like, kind of classical. There's a bit mm-hmm. of, like, jazz, but I think she was characterized as, like, oh, a jazz musician, and she kind of said, like, I'm not just a jazz musician. She called herself, like, black classical music artist or something like that. I could see that. 
yeah i feel like i've read that i couldn't find the quote though and yeah this is yeah has that because it has like a bit of like jazz in there but also uh definitely like classic stuff and it's really like flowy but the arrangement's so cool yeah on this one and unexpected because it's driven by, really quickly by these hand drums yeah but 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 she's still singing slowly yeah and then you even get some like like faster piano chords yes um, as she's just singing kind of at the pace of the song yeah so you have this like very fast pace instrumental track and then her just kind of taking her time still and doing her very nina simone style vocals yeah. She's got a very iconic voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I'm a rich certain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, cool stuff. Um, also, I really like the sort of descending line after she sings the I did it my way. I did it my Yeah, it's like a big moment and it comes up a couple times. I like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, very interesting choices on this. Um, she even does a slight lyrical change at 212. Instead of shy way, not in a shy way, she says not in a sly way. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Yeah, it makes sense, too. That's a, that's a good change, I think. Because it, it was yeah. a little um, ambiguous before. Let's see if it makes more sense. And, uh, yeah, I like I did it honestly, kind of. Yeah, it's like there's no, I'm not being deceptive. I wasn't sneaking around. Right. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like I think that's solid. Um, and yeah, to say that she's, she's already at not in a shy way at two twelve. they cook through this and we get a very extended, uh, just like instrumental section. Right. For like a while. Um, I don't have too many notes on that. There's a lot of instruments in this though. Like I didn't really mention, like, I think this one also has like a harpsichord type sound, uh, and like some sort of electric piano or like jazz organ. Kind yeah, of that deal. like do 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 that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And then like just a straight up organ. Um, yeah, so you do get some of the instruments we've heard in previous versions, but the yeah. soundscape, I guess, with that hand drum specifically, really like it feels very different, it right? It's a really yeah. cool thing to do to the arrangement. Yeah, I was interested because I there's actually some footage of her doing a version of this in a studio. You can see on YouTube. Yeah, um, you can see the hand drummer there. I was half expecting her in in Super Mario Sunshine style to just be riding Yoshi, and that's where the <laughs> drums would come from. <laughs> and the drums come in. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, she's on Yoshi, so you get the you get the drum track coming in. <laughs> it's a very dumb joke for two people who've played and enjoyed Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. I don't know. I I don't know exactly what her demographic is. Do they also love Super Mario Sunshine? On maybe. Spotify, it's 49, 45 to fifty nine year olds, so no. Mm, yeah. If my maybe father's not. reaction to the game was anything to go by. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Oh, she also says spat it out because she knows oh, uh, tenses. smart. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't know. It's really cool. You still get the big like orchestra type stuff. You get the big strings and drums. Yeah, big swells. And like choir backup vocals. Um, but yeah, it just has a really different feel because of those drums and, and the sort of faster part yeah, in the background the that is supporting the pace. slower part. So really cool, really really Very cool. cool. Um, one last version to talk about Sid totally Vicious in 1979. Um, the Sex Pistols bassist, famously not a great musician, 
Yeah. Uh, it's just Sid Vicious on that? Um, I've heard it called Sid Vicious. I've heard it called Sid Vicious and, and Sex Pistols. The the cre- credits on it kind of go weird each way. I think it must be the Sex Pistols because there's actual instruments on this. Right. And it wouldn't be Sid Vicious playing that. <laughs> right. But, Famous uh, not great bassist. Not great uh, bassist. Uh, Paul Anka said he had been, quote, somewhat destabilized by the Sex Pistols version. It was kind of curious, but I felt he, brackets, Sid Vicious, was sincere about it. Interesting. Interesting take. That sincere um, is the word he picked. Yeah. Even more interesting is that other big fan of this song is Leonard Cohen. Huh. Okay. Who says, quote, I never liked this song except when Sid Vicious did it. Sung straight, it somehow deprives the appetite of a certain taste we'd I like guess to have so. on our lips. Yeah, because yeah. I was trying to, like, I was listening to it and I was like, what's really, okay, so I guess to, to explain what we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like done as a bit of a parody right like especially the first section where he kind of like is lowering his voice and doing like a a mocking tone yeah yeah like very clearly you know not trying to hit any notes not trying to sound good uh but is trying to kind of imitate frank sinatra but as if you were yeah mocking yeah so mocking him and and that in itself is honestly a good enough bit yeah, it's a pretty good bit, and I guess, like, I was struggling with, like, but what are they making fun of? But now that we've talked about the song and talked mm-hmm. about things that even Frank Sinatra doesn't like about it, kind of yeah. makes sense, because it is kind of stuck up, you know? So, I understand. I was trying to think, like, why would... I was thinking just because the style, because it's, like, kind of represents establishment, maybe, right? Right. this older style of, like, pop music that gets associated with stiffs, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not just that. It's this like self-aggrandizing thing of like, I'm so great. And yeah. this is uh, me thinking about how great I am, basically. Yeah. So I think that does make sense. Yeah. And like, that's assault. Like, he does that. Like, his silly voice is like, okay, we're taking that down. He then makes this weird decision to like alter some lines to not, then they don't really cohese into the same like end goal as his mocking voice does. Yeah, He's not really mocking sense. this Frank Sinatra character. Some of the stuff is just out of left field, and a lot of it is just, like, homophobic. Yeah. Like, Leading to a, a punchline that he did have sex with a man. That is, like, the punchline. Okay, I missed some. I, t- I pulled out some individual lines, but I missed a lot of that stuff. So maybe we Luckily, should. it's on genius. So the lines okay. he changes, so he says, Now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. You cunt, I'm not a queer. Yeah, I picked up my on case that. of which I'm certain. So he's been accused of being... Uh, gay here, um, which possibly still a crime in 1978. Not sure. I guess in the UK in particular. The next one he does. He says, "There's times I'm sure you knew when there was fuck, fuck, fuck all else to do." That one. It's just because he's punk rock. Okay. Um, an- another one here about him doing drugs. He says, "But through it all, when there was doubt, I shot it up or kicked it out. I faced the wall in the world and did it my way." Referring to him being a, a junkie and a delinquent, essentially. Right. Um, I've laughed and been a snide. It's because he can't admit to crying. He's a tough guy. Uh. I've had my fill, my share of losing. Now tears of side. I find also amusing to think I killed a cat. And may I say not in a gay way. Oh, no, not me. I did it he my way. He says not in a gay way. Okay. Yeah. Um, I couldn't which, check out what he said. Yeah, I, luckily I had genius here. Uh, genius like to note that that increases the assonance in that line from three to four. Cool. May say gay way. Wow. Um, so... When he says, I killed a cat, but not in a gay way, is he implying that he fucked a cat to death? Yeah. 
Huh. Was kill- killing a cat. Johnny Rotten's 1993 autobiography confers a story containing the line, Sid would strangle cats and slash himself with an old Heinz baked beans tin lid. He had issues. He had issues for, for that, uh, okay. that is certain. So it's not implying he fucked a cat to death. No, he's just talking about uh, animal cruelty here. Okay. Cool. Um, and then he wraps up, for what is a prat, what has he got when he wears hats and he cannot? This is apparently a call out to Johnny Rotten, who often wore hats that Sid Vicious thought made him look like a prat. Okay. Just to say a, a dumbass. Um, okay. Say the things he truly feels, but only the words of one who kneels. The records show I fucked a bloke and did it my way. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Because so he was like, bored, I think is the implication. Bored. Yeah. And I guess did it his way because he was bored. Maybe. Yeah. It's just like there could be s- something good here. I'm not entirely sure what to make of this one. It's a relic for certain, I think. Yeah. It's an interesting, <laughs> interesting thing. Yeah. Especially because it is Sid Vicious who uh, died fairly young. Yeah. Um, but I do think like the base concept, mock and punk rock, the, the big fucking self-indulgent ballad my way. Good concept. Yeah. Um, the There's just a lot of other yeah. stuff in there that is maybe like, wait, where did that come from? It's, and the, <laughs> yeah, it's like six different ideas. The first idea is like, what if this is about a, a, a closeted homosexual? It's like, no, I'm not gay. I did fuck a dude, though. That's, that could be funny if delivered right. Right. It's certainly not done here. No. Um, the next one is like just about him. So when he's like, when there's fuck, fuck all else to do, I shot it up or kicked it out. I faced the wall in the world. Those are some lines that actually speak to the character of Sid Vicious. Yeah. A lot of heroin use. Yeah. And, and like, he's bored, but he's actually just a junkie. And that's the idea of like, here's the true blue punk rock version of my way. This is what it is to live a grotesque life indulging in your right which is yeah a cool a cool approach be like you want to do it your way yeah it can suck because Mm -hmm. you know if you don't take other people into account um then you live an isolated life yeah and so there's that idea there's the idea of actually just mocking sinatra and this sort of up their own ass individual and then he gets that lost with mocking fellow band member johnny rotten (laughs) yeah right it speaks to a mind that cannot like hold a single thought yeah, down. Yeah, it's not. So it's it's really interesting for that because it is all over the place uh, in ways that I didn't even get when I was listening to it. And I wish I had spent more time on this one because I didn't realize so many of the lyrics were different. But yeah. he kind of the way he delivers them is very hard to understand. I wouldn't have even had this one on if it didn't have like a section on the Wikipedia page with like with praise from Leonard Cohen and like yeah. Paul Anka being like, "This is something." It's definitely something, but it's a few somethings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's kind of got two sections. The, the opening section where he's doing the silly voice, and it's like a softer uh, yeah, instrumentation. A little like fingerpick guitar, very echoey, kind of faster yeah. version of the Frank Sinatra harp. Um, there's, but there's also stuff like this kind of screeching sound at the at the beginning. Yeah, um, like almost like a Dolby digital sound, you know. Yeah, like that, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the other way, I think. Yeah, reverse it. Um, and some strings, and then they like kind of breaks out. That's the more like direct Frank Sinatra parody. And yeah. of course, like I said, he's doing the like forced low vocals. Uh, yeah. But also kind of mocking and definitely like voice cracks and stuff. Like he's not. Yeah, he's not do doing very a, well. a solid performance, um, technical performance. Even after 
that first verse where they break into it and it's like more straightforward punk rock there's yeah. still no really regard for like hitting the notes yeah <laughs> it's know? your but now it's your classic like brit punk yeah like, that like early punk of like we have a very conspicuous uh british accent yeah uh, to be very vague about it um and like singing fairly flat you get the guitars and it kind of screams uh some of the lines uh, and then, like, there's a guitar solo for a bit. Yeah, and it's your very basic, like, driving rhythm. Although I will say, sometimes we, sometimes I've like knocked punk rock adaptations for being like very straightforward punk rock and not bringing yeah. much else to the table. Uh, this is early enough that it's not really established, I think. And I wouldn't say this sounds like a straightforward punk rock cover at all. Yeah, and they are adding in some flair and flourishes. Like while that one guitar is doing the chugging rhythm, we got another one doing some slides and like some some screams yeah. here and there. So there is a little texture to this. Yeah, so it, it's in, it's interesting for sure. It's unfocused, and uh, but I can see why this one would be one people liked a lot because it's definitely different and it has a f- something to say, but it has a few things to say, and they're not necessarily that related. Yeah, <laughs> to one another. Um, but I mean, it's a fair target. It's a fair target for, for mockery, I think, because yeah, of, fair target, target for mockery. Yeah. As much as I like the song, I, I get it. I get why it would annoy someone. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 anything else to talk about on this one? Not really. No. So yeah. Interesting. Let's get to our final verdicts work. then. Interesting piece of work. Interesting piece of history. We got three categories today, Alex. The worst version, the best version, and the best lyrics. Because there's like five the different versions lyrics, of the yeah. lyrics. Yeah, okay. Um, Alex, what's the worst version of this today? Worst version of this today? Oh my gosh. I thought there were a lot of strong ones. I'm going to say, not just because he's the only unrecognizable name. I'm going to say Hugh Montenegro. Not because I thought mm. it was bad, but because I just thought the other versions were stronger or more interesting. That's fair. Um, I'm but give again, it to, didn't think yeah. it was bad at all. Totally solid version. I really enjoyed it, so I'm not going to give it to that one. I think I'm going to go for Sid Vicious on this. It's yeah, fair enough. Pistols. I, I, I just clear it shook things up. I think there's some great bass ideas there. I don't think the lyricism stands up to even like like standards of parody. Like Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm giving it a bit of a pass there. for like the potential idea. Mm. But um no, you're totally right. It it's it's lacking in a lot of ways, even though there's some cool ideas behind it. Yeah. Uh but that's my take. Maybe that makes me an old fuddy duddy. Maybe that makes me a prude. I don't know. Yeah. But Alex, what's you're, the best you're version? You're prat in that hat. I am a uh, prat and I do sometimes wear hats. What's the best version? This is tough. This was a strong week. Yeah. Um, I, but I mean, we've got some big names here too, right? Yeah, big names. Um, and it, with those names, it's like kind of easy to, to slam dunk this song if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not giving it to David Bowie. Uh, his version is just a demo and it's real rough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like cool lyrics, but like you're not getting best. Yeah. Um, I will probably give it to Nina Simone. I really like the the way the just that like contrast between like faster rhythm and the the slightly slower delivery um and yeah there's some really good stuff in there yeah i don't think you will find a more unique delivery of this song than no. simone's but i mean and the aretha franklin version is also top notch like those it's, it's two a classic are just like, those two are both so great yeah uh, yeah 
So yeah, yeah, maybe I'll throw it to Aretha Franklin just to spread the love. But yeah, yeah those two are front runners, and yeah, great vocalist. What are you? What are you gonna do? Come on. Yeah, it's, it's I've a also like song. I'm kind of doing like my way covers, um, more so than just like come dabby. We kind of or... did my way. We could. There yeah. are covers of Come Dabby Tude. Um, we could maybe revisit this song in a later date. I think for the the intents and purposes of Bowie yeah. Me, where we look at things through the Bowie angle. We had to look at how this song becomes a hundred different versions. Yeah. yeah, and becomes my way. Yeah. Uh Alex though, best lyrics. Best lyrics. Oh my gosh. I mean, they all have ups and downs. I feel like that's tough. Not not the not the sex pistols. No, for certainly sure. Not. Um let's see. I guess the other thing I do like hmm. Best lyrics? Yeah. Ah, I, I like the way, I like what David Bowie does with them. I really do. Yeah, um, it is something very cool. Uh, don't know if it's 100% there, but like it's most of the way there. And like there's good ideas behind it. I also like the original, um, even though I don't understand the French really. It's, yeah. even, it's like fairly straightforward, but it's well done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or I think it's well done, even though it, some. No, I agree. And I'm, of course, just reading translations, but. Like, it yeah. comes through. I, here's what I'm gonna, no, that's a little half-baked, too. I feel like almost Aretha Franklin, if she had, like, just finished a little more. Yeah, she tightened up what she sense. had going there. So I think that would have taken taken it if if it had been a little more complete. Right. Ah, this is tough. It's, yeah. I'm gonna give it to David Bowie, because I like yeah. David Bowie. and. I feel actually okay so I'm tough because I'm like my way like my mm-hmm. way I like it's my maybe way. a little less interesting conceptually but like the lyrics themselves sound very good mm-hmm. I mean they're Paul Anka lyrics he's a pretty good uh, songwriter um, yeah. it's so tough I'm having, do you have one I'm having a tough I, time I really do like like from That's a personal question. angle I think like I most personally relate to the David Bowie even a fool learns to love yeah this idea of kind of like playing a persona in public situations and then kind yeah. of catching glimpses and like it's of real cool, love even and, if some parts are maybe a little clunky or more awkward than you'd yeah. expect from later bowie and yeah yeah and as a bowie fan i'm just kind of leaning towards it because i like bowie i also really like come dabby Tude, and i think it's it's very simple storytelling but like it really covers this this person this narrator who is just kind of devastated by routine yeah and that's something very cool too. I think just to kind of just spread the love around and not just be Bowie, Bowie, Bowie all the time. I'm gonna give it to Come Dabby too. All right, um, all right. I, I guess I will give it to Bowie because I appreciate the ideas there. Uh, yeah. With an honorable mention to Nina Simone for saying "spat" instead of "spit," and "sly" instead of "shy," and "sly" instead of "shy." Because yeah, it's amazing. Even some of those little changes, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be it. Hell yeah, dog. Well, that does it. For today's episode of Cover Me, um, uh, for the main segment, be sure to rate and review us. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, Amazon Podcasts, and sometimes we're on Spotify. Uh, you can fucking review us on several services. Be sure to do that. Tell your friends, neighbors, family, loved ones about us. Also, talk to us on the social media. We're on the app formerly known as Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise Guy. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Send us comments, questions, 
concerns, suggestions for future episodes. And what you can do to really, really get the word out about us is host a karaoke night <laughs> where the songs are just episodes of Cover Me. <laughs> and then My Way once. And then, yeah, and then once My Way to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great way to clear people out. <laughs> That's what you can do for us this week. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, for what is a man? What has he got? If not cover me, then he has not.